Hey, everybody, Tony Bruschi. Obviously, things are very crazy right now, and having something to escape with mentally for our mental health is very, very important. So what I want to do on the weekends right now as we're all going through this is give you some extra content. On Saturdays and Sundays, we're going to release a live version of our episode that we recorded during the week through a Facebook Live session. Be sure to follow us on Facebook to find out when we're doing those lives so you can call in live and participate. Also, each week, I'm going to grab an EPP episode from our archive of more than 300. We'll pick one a week and put that out there for you as well in its entirety so you have something else to enjoy and listen to. And if you like those EPP episodes and you want access to all 300 of them, uh, and there's brand new ones every single week, uh, if you want access to all of those, uh, just sign up to be an extra podcast person. If you can, it's only $5 a month. Get all the extra stuff. Ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories to do just that. These EPP ones that we're going to be dropping for you go way back in our archive uh, several, several years back. These are nowhere near the latest episodes, uh, but there's some good ones from, from many years back. So I'll shut up now. Thank you guys for listening. If you can support the program at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories, that's greatly appreciated. Hope you enjoy the audio and hopefully this gives you about an hour or so of just thinking about something else. This is Real Ghost Stories Online and Spirits with Spirits, it's back, our live call-in show where you share your real ghost stories with us live. Tune in on Facebook to find out when we're doing the show. And if you're watching right now, give us a call to the number on your screen to share your real ghost stories with us tonight. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That it is, and this is the live version of our program. The phone number I'm about to give out is only valid if you're watching this live right now on Facebook. And that number is 682-24-GHOST. 682-24-GHOST. 682-244-4678 to call in and share your real ghost stories with us live on the program tonight as we are uh, doing a uh, live episode. It's been a while since we've done this. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. We have a caller. We have a caller. Let's just jump right into it, shall we? All right. We got a caller here at uh, 502. What's your name and where are you calling from? This is Tammy Wilson, and I'm calling from Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, I, I really love the show. I've been listening to it for a long time. I was actually supposed to see you in Lexington with Hillbilly Horror Stories. <laughs> Couldn't make it. Super disappointed. So I heard it was a great show. It was. It was a uh, really so fun time. about that. Yeah, it was a really neat restaurant that they did yeah. that at. It, it, it reminded me of some of the childhood places that I went to as a kid. And uh, it was it was a good time. Well, welcome to the show tonight. Uh, glad you could join us. Uh, and I'm assuming you might have a ghost story. Well, I ha- I've had quite a few paranormal experiences throughout my life, but they started when I was a child. Okay. And they started in the childhood home that I lived in, which 
through a series of unfortunate events and losing my parents, I'm back in my childhood home now. Um, but the very first paranormal experience that I had was I was, uh, our basement was kind of set up like a mini kitchen, mini living room, uh, you know, dining room table down there in a spare bedroom. And I had been talking to my friend on the phone and we were just, we weren't talking about anything paranormal, which, you know, when I was a child, when I was a very young child, uh, I used to be able to see spirits, um, but I can't anymore. I can feel them, but I can't, I can't see them. And um, <clears throat> I think that's probably because my parents were like very religious and thought that was ridiculous and, you know, uh, just poo-pooed the whole thing. So I think over time you lose that ability but anyway um i was sitting at the table we were talking on the phone back in the day when there were landlines <laughs> and uh we weren't talking about anything paranormal no scary movies nothing like that just normal conversation um and i literally felt something up against my back breathing on my neck I was terrified and I was like frozen. I thought, do I turn around? Do I not turn around? Like your heart's, you know, your heart's racing, your mouth is dry. You're thinking, what do I do? You know, I'm, I've got to get upstairs where there's people that are asleep to help me. I mean, you know, you're just sitting there freaking out. Sure. And uh, so finally I was like, you know, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to turn around. I'm going to swivel really quickly and look. And there was absolutely nothing there. I mean, nothing. But that did not stop me from taking all 11 steps and probably about three strides. Uh, and I came, <clears throat> I came running around the corner. I, I peeled out and, you know, slipped and fell in the kitchen. I mean, I was that terrified. And my dad woke up and he's like, what's going on? You know. And I, I said, something's downstairs. And he's like, you're ridiculous. Get to bed. You know, because they never believed in anything like that. But what is really super freaky is that my mom had premonition dreams. And, you know, they would say things like, oh, that's messing with the occult. You know, you shouldn't believe in things like that. Mm -hmm. But my mom wholeheartedly believed in, you know, premonition dreams. And she would tell you this is going to happen. And I swear to you, every time that she warned you not to do something, you shouldn't do it because it would come to pass. But she didn't, you know, they felt like it was messing with the occult and really bad. So, I mean, that's that's one of my stories. It's always interesting when, you know, I've heard that my whole life, too, of, oh, you're into ghosts, you're messing with the occult. I don't think just the act of discussing anything is doing that. Or if these things are coming to you and you're not actively seeking them out, you're not like trying to mess with the occult. Correct. You're having these experiences, which are very real, but they get written off so often. It was like, oh, oh can't talk about that. And I don't I don't get that. I mean, right. I think it's a fear thing that a lot of people have. I, I don't either. I think it is a fear of things that people can't understand then it must obviously be bad. Mm -hmm. And this is the way I look at it. Like, I do believe in the Bible. I do believe in Jesus. I mean, you know, I'm not saying anything against anybody's religion, whether sure. you do or don't believe. Um, but the Bible itself is a supernatural book. It mm -hmm. says that there are good spirits and there are evil spirits. I mean, it speaks of both, yeah. you know. So, yeah, I mean, if you technically 
believe in the Bible, why wouldn't you believe in spirit? Yeah. You know, whether that's a positive or a negative thing. And, um, you know, I, I just don't understand that. I also think it's a little bit different if you're using uh, your abilities for horrible means, you know, like maybe you're, I don't know, bilking somebody or not really truly trying to help someone. Uh, then I think it's it's really bad. Sure. I do. But um, that, that could be said of anything, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what our intentions are behind it. Um, oh, and Jenny, you are, you and Tony remind me of me and my husband only flip-flop. <laughs> I'm the crazy one like Tony, <laughs> and my husband's the voice of reason like you. <laughs> oh, thank you. No, I was just going to say, you it, know, is, so, it is very, very common to lose some of your abilities as you grow older. And it doesn't have to do anything with how you were raised or how you, you know, were brought up, whether it was religious or not. It's just a fact over time, some people lose their abilities. Some people can see spirits their whole life and other people, it's like you and me. It'll fade from being able to see spirits to just being able to sense them. So that that's not something really, I think, that had anything to do with your parents. But, you know, I think it's just, I, I think it's a fear thing, but I think it's also some people firmly believe with their, you know, with their, their, their former religion that, you bring this on to you and unless you are somebody that experiences seeing or feeling or knowing what that's like to have an interaction with the other side, you know that that's not something you have welcomed. That's not something you've brought on. That is something that finds you. And that's that I think Mm -hmm. is what scares people. Right. And I mean, I, I have had like, I don't call my abilities because I know Tony there for a while was putting out the message like, hey, you know, if you consider yourself to have abilities, you know, I want I want you to reach out to me. And the reason why I never reached out is I feel like mine are so scattered. You know what I mean? Sure. Some people can just automatically go into it and they can say, oh, yeah, you know, your grandma's coming through or whatever. I can't do that. Yeah. But I have walked in places. Uh, We've gone to when we were looking for a house before we moved back into this house. Uh, We were looking for a house. And, I mean, this one house we went into that was a Victorian home, they had redone it beautifully. And I wanted that house so bad until we walked in it. And uh, the upper bedroom was just like this black mist kept taking my peripheral vision. And, I mean, I felt like I was being smothered. And I was like, somebody, somebody, something bad happened in here. Like, mm-hmm. somebody committed suicide. Something horrible happened in here. Yeah. I mean, I just can't. I can't stay. I mean, I can't. I could never live in that house under any circumstances. I mean, they just, it was a beautiful home. But there were just certain rooms I would go in I absolutely could not stand. And, uh, you know, there were rooms where I felt like that people were abused. I mean, I can't explain it any other way. I can't, like, I didn't see their faces. Mm-hmm. But I, you could feel it. Like, you could feel sorrow. You could feel, like, uh, shame. You could feel just horrible feelings. And I'm just like, hmm, this house has got some bad juju. I would never... If somebody gave me the money to buy it, I wouldn't live there. Right. I just wouldn't, you know. And and and, uh, being, and I'm sure you've been places like that, too. Yeah, and I was just going to say, you know, being that we are not any, 
you know, we're not able to see spirits or hear spirits or anything like that. We can just sense them. The more that we are able to pick up on what happened, the stronger the spirit is. And that's really, to me, something I don't want to mess with. The last time I was in that situation was actually not the last time we went to Mackinac Island, but the time before we stayed in an inn that was off of the beaten path. And it was the only time that I could actually tell you it was a female spirit. It was a caretaker spirit. And she was there to watch over the place. She wasn't there to do any harm, but I knew nothing about this, this inn. And I told you that Tony. Mm -hmm. And, and then we learned the history of what had all gone on there. Yeah. And that was the last time that I felt a spirit that strong, but I, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. And you know, there's a whole world of us out there. Yeah. Well, I mean, my son actually sees spirits. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I know this is at six years old, he came to me because my father, when he was living, he used to watch my son, you know, to cut down on, on daycare expenses. Plus, you know, it was with somebody that I trusted. I didn't have to worry about him. My dad would watch him three days a week. And, um, we were just, I had just come by, picked him up. We were in the car driving home, and I'm, I swear to you, I'm almost right. He, my mother had died uh, four years before my son was even born. And um, I've never made him feel ashamed for what he told me. I didn't say, you know, hey, stop that. That's ignorant talk. You know, I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, what, what did they say? Sure. What did you see? What did they tell you? You know, because I didn't want to smash that out of him. If that's a gift that he was given, you know what I mean? Right. And um, <clears throat> so we were driving home, and he said, uh, hey, Mom, he said, uh, I saw Nana today. Okay, first of all, I always called her my mom. I never called her Nana to him because she had passed away four years before he was even born. She never saw him, uh, or so I thought. And um, so he said, I saw Nana at, at uh, Papa's house today. And I said, uh well, yeah, Papa has got that great big 11 by 14 picture of Nana in their bedroom. I said, is that what you mean? He said, no, Mom, she's standing right in front of me. I said, um, okay. I said, what did she look like? And uh, so he told me, he said, oh, she, she, she had on like a, it wasn't pink and it wasn't purple. So at six years old, you know, you're using your vocabulary of what sure. you know. Uh, but he's like, it wasn't pink and it wasn't purple. He said, but she had on like, uh, they were like pajamas, you know, mm-hmm. a real fancy pajama. And I was like, Oh, okay. I said, well, what did she say? And he said, well, she said she really loves you and she really appreciates what you did for her. And she's really proud of the person that you've become. And of course, you know, like I'm already tearing up, you know, I'm like bawling because, <laughs> I took off work. I left my job to take care of my mom while she was dying with cancer until she drew her very last breath. And I took care of her and got her ready for the funeral home and then did her hair and makeup too. I even bought what she was going to wear to her funeral. And what she wore in the, the casket was a mauve, which is between pink and purple, a mauve pinwall set. Mm -hmm. And that's what she wanted to be buried in. Mm -hmm. And uh, she didn't want street clothes. And there's no way he could have known that. There's no possible way he could have known that. And um, 
you know, he's told me different experiences that he's had. And I said, so you actually literally see them. He goes, oh, yeah, your mom was beautiful. She had this blue-black hair, which she did. Her natural color hair was blue-black. She was very dark olive skin. She's a beautiful woman. And uh, I just started crying because I was just like, he really did see her, you know. Uh, he even told me how her hair was styled, you know. And uh, it was just, it was remarkable to me. Yeah. So, Sometimes I mean, the, those things just happen and they work out, you know, in ways beyond what uh, what we uh, what we can comprehend. Thank you for sharing all those stories with us tonight. Really appreciate you calling in and uh, and being a part of our live show here. Thank you. you. I really enjoy you all. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great night and thank you so much for the support. Let's go to our next call. And if you want to call in, 682-24-GHOST, 682-244-4678 if you're watching us live on Facebook right now. Hi, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi, I am uh, Jen and I am from right outside of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Well, welcome, Jen. How are things in your world this evening? <laughs> Uh, quite locked up at the moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Working from home and, and, you know, I never thought there'd come the day when you really can't kind of divide work and home, but it does yeah. happen. <laughs> you know, it works out. We, I, I've so, been doing this. We've been doing this for years. Seven years. Working from home. Mm -hmm. So it, it, for our wow. world, it, it doesn't change a whole lot. But I've always say, because people are like, oh, you already work from home. Yes, but we like to pepper our day with, you know, we'll go out for lunch and maybe we'll make a run to the store or something here and there. And all that's been obviously See, I changed. I can't do that. I wish <laughs> yeah. I could, but I'm, I'm customer service for um, an insurance company. I deal with the military. So okay. you're literally tied into the phones. And while the phone calls have obviously declined, I mean, I think I took 25 calls today total, mm -hmm. um, where I normally do close to 100. So, but you're you're tied into a headset and you're really not able to get up and, and walk away. I do get two 15 minute breaks and a 30 minute lunch, but you know, so I realized yeah. as I was sitting down, like, man, that lunch break goes fast even at home. <laughs> so yeah. it's like you're doing the call center type work, but at home. I am. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. I, I honest to God, I think I have the nicest clientele ever on the planet. They are military families sure. and military members. I love them. Sure. They are fabulous. Probably very respectful and, and very nice. Yeah. Well, uh, even when they're mad, even when they're mad and they yell and they get to the end of the call, they're like, I'm really sorry. It's <laughs> <laughs> understandable. Well, hey, you got a ghost story for us tonight? I do. I Great. was, um, so I was, we were brought up in uh, New York. I was born in New York City, but they raised me right along the New York and Pennsylvania border. I lived in a tiny little town called Chemung, New York. Um, we were probably like an hour and a half from Corning, New York, where they do like a lot of the glass work and things like that. But Chemung was like, there's nothing in Chemung. It's, it's like a little school. It's a post office. Um, I think there was like a little mom and pop and I think they celebrated when they opened like a, a Sunoco, you know, it was like there was nothing around. Um, and you literally didn't have to toss a dime to find an arrowhead. Um, it was very, very in, in the center of like a lot of the um, Indian territories mm -hmm. um, for New York. So um, we lived in a little, they built like a little, I don't want to call it a trailer because that's not what it was, but that's what it reminds me of. It was a two level with a basement um, and one level for like the bedrooms and, and the upstairs part of it. 
Um, I hated my bedroom. I hated my closet. And as an adult, I used to write it off as, you know, oh, I'm, you know, I was just scared of the closet. I was scared of, of the dark, blah, blah, blah. But I remember telling this story to my girlfriend and she thought I was lying, but I absolutely was the truth. Um, I was raised as a Roman Catholic and I had to undergo uh, communion and, you know, um, confirmation and all that other good stuff. And when they put you through confirmation, you have to take classes and, the little girls who walk down the aisle to the priest to do their, you know, their thing, you look like little brides. You're in like white dresses. <laughs> and my mother really wanted to go above and beyond and she had the dress made. And then she was quite the seamstress herself. So she took it home to make alterations and things like that. And I'll never forget, I had tried the confirmation dress on. And I remember walking back down the hallway to my bedroom and I had to make a left hand turn and there was a wall. And then my bedroom was on the left and my brother's was on the right. And I remember trying to open the door and I remember opening the door and feeling a hand, all five fingers against my chest, pushing me backward. And I remember going backward and screaming <laughs> as the door slammed in my face and I remember thinking I, the feeling very much was that whatever was pushing me backward was protecting me from something else in that bedroom I I never saw anything I never that was really the only thing I remember happening except for like you know a little bit of nervousness uh, in the basement, you know, of course, and I, as an adult, I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'm, you know, that was just a, a basement, but I remember, you know, movement out of the corner of my eye, little things like that. But I don't think I ever said anything to my parents. That was the first time my mother came running down the hall and she's like, what happened? And I'm like, something's in my room. And she's like, okay, come on. So she flips the hall light on and she opens the door and she turns my bed. I'm like, there's nothing. I just remember the feeling of all five fingers against my chest pushing me backward and the door slamming in my face. And it was, I was always nervous about, you know, the closet. And as I, as I, you know, think about it as an adult, I'm thinking to myself, okay, there was a reason for that. And I don't know whether that's my guardian angel <laughs> or, you know, maybe there were, I, I mean, I don't know what they were. I don't know what that was. I just remember it scaring the absolute life out of me. Sure. So... Yeah. I, I almost thought it was going to go <laughs> um, a different way, that it was not something protecting you, but it was something that was within your room that did not like the fact that you were wearing such a um, significant, you know, dress yeah. for a religious, you know, ceremony. And maybe that was why it did not want you in there. It's Yeah, that's another way to go with it. But I just remember even now as an adult, I remember the feeling of um, the hand against me trying to keep me away from whatever else was in the room. Mm -hmm. That was, and that's, that still sticks with me as an adult. And the only other time I've ever had anything in the supernatural realm happen to me was as an adult in the little condominium I live in now. And it was waking up in the middle of the night and seeing a man at the end of my bed with like a long, dark black coat on, like a trench coat and a hat, like a wide brimmed hat and blonde hair. The blonde hair like really stood out and I was terrified. And then like, you know, I tried to close my eyes and I'm like counting to 10 and I opened them and he was gone. And I've heard people say that angels, guardian angels can watch over you and sometime appear. And I'm thinking I, there was no menace in his presence. And I'm wondering, maybe I got to see my guardian angel. So that could be, I don't know if that's true or not, but 
obviously there, there's no like true answer to like, yes, that's exactly what it was. But, you know, I, I think it certainly is in the realm of, yes, it, it could be the answer mm-hmm. to what happened there. Interesting story. Yeah. Thank you for calling in tonight and, and sharing it with us as we're all on lockdown and doing our uh, our thing and trying to make life as normal as we can. <laughs> so thank you. I yeah. really, really do appreciate you calling in tonight. You're welcome. You have a great night. It was nice meeting you, both of you. <laughs> you too. Thank Take you. care. Our phone number uh, tonight and tonight only. This phone number is only valid while we are doing this show live on Facebook. It's 682-24-GHOST, 682-244-4678. Uh, so if you're watching us right now on Facebook Live, please do call in and share your real ghost story with us. Let's go to a caller at area code 470. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hey guys, it's Becca. Um, I'm calling from Cumming, Georgia. Hey First Becca. Name ever. Well, welcome to the program. How's how's <laughs> things in in Georgia tonight? Um, finally warm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of making things. Uh, I mean, feel a little bit, uh, I guess, better. I don't know. I I, I I like lockdown with warmer weather as opposed to colder weather. Yeah. My my parents. Yeah, you can't do anything. Yeah, well, you can go for a walk, maybe. Uh, my my parents, I've been seeing. They've been sending me pictures. They've been going there in Wisconsin, and they're going and wandering over to uh, different parks and stuff like that uh, from their youth. And uh, <laughs> and like, I think we camped here in seventy one and things like that. <laughs> and uh, like, so they're 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 keeping their social distancing going on. But all the pictures have all these like mounds of snow in the background, Ugh. and I'm just like. Nice. Well, we have we have mounds of lovely tree pollen. That's why my voice sounds like it does. Because I'm oh, to yeah. And then everyone looks at you like you might have the virus because it's seasonal allergies. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it's the worst. Yeah, <laughs> I understand. I completely understand. So, what uh, what sort of ghost story you got for us tonight? Okay, so I've already called in a couple. Um, Previously, and this one is from when I was about 17. Uh, We, long story short, we got evicted from our house and we moved in with my great aunt to take care of her because she had stage four lung cancer and was going through uh, radiation, all kinds of stuff, very bad time. Um, And then uh, the night that my aunt passed away, uh, my mom was getting over some kind of illness. My brother was sleeping in the den where my aunt's bed and everything was set up, and I was in the back bedroom asleep. She ended up what, having what we called a um, a rallying uh, or um, a spurt of energy right before she passed and jumped out of bed. At, at that point, she'd been kind of comatose. Mm-hmm. Um but she ended up passing the following morning about 6.30 in the morning. And I had gone to sleep. And as I got up, it was a little bit after that. And I walk into the living room to go to the kitchen. And out of the corner of my eye, I see two figures. Now, everyone in the house, including the hospice nurse, were probably no more than 50 feet away, uh, but adjacent to the room. And it's my aunt in her younger years dancing with her former husband like they used to do when they were teenagers. Mm -hmm. 
and they it just kind of I saw them do a few steps and turn, and they were gone. Who was, was viewing this? She was. She was viewing this. This yeah. was my. Yeah. Wow. I was. I saw it. Um, nobody else saw it, but when I told them that, the nurse, um, the hospice nurse, is like, "Yeah, that happens a lot." I guess I couldn't think of a better thing to see, you know, there in those last moments. Yeah. Yeah. And she, oddly enough, like my grandmother, she was the youngest of three sisters. So my grandmother was her oldest sister out of the three and um, wasn't, you know, really close with her or anything. So she was more of a, my aunt was more of a grandmother type to me and more of a mom type to my mom. Mm-hmm. Uh for growing up and they were really close. They were actually more raised like sisters because they were so close in age. Have you had other experiences in life where you've been able to kind of tap in or see another side or another, like a a level of sensitivity to see another place or another level of things? I have a lot of deja vu experiences and it's gotten even more so in the last couple of years. But, um, I seem to have a really strong connection with family members. Uh, mm-hmm. My first call was about a family member when me and my husband first bought our house, our first house, and she appeared in our living room, and then she was a Spanish girl with Victorian, late 1800s Victorian-era clothing. Mm. And then um, I had actually, in the same call, uh, talked about my mom's voice hearing my mom's voice it was a few years after she had passed away in the same house uh, woke me up out of a dead sleep calling my name hmm. I, th- I vaguely remember that but there have been so many shows where it's been different hosts besides just me <laughs> I, I try yeah. and remember I, everybody's story yeah. <laughs> I think that I think that one uh, Carol was on okay okay, okay. Amazing story. We hear so many things from hospice uh, employees. That's something that I think would be really interesting to do is talk to to more of them. And certainly we've talked to many of them over the years where they call in and share their stories. But I'm almost I was thinking of that the other day of uh, I don't know how I would do it, but I would just imagine you call a hospice uh, facility and and you say what you do. Uh, And if they're open to the topic i i think almost all of them would have stories i really think they would because it's i mean it's they such would a all common have thing. stories but i think they have more important things going on sure, than, talking, than, than to talking to us, us yes. at the moment yeah, yeah. I, i'm sure they do yeah but but it's just interesting because it's such it's one of those things where i think if you go into that field and and you're there and you're working and even if you're not a believer in any of this you will be very quickly after being there for a very short period of time. Yeah, I've yet to hear oh, yeah, from anyone definitely. that comes out of that industry going, I don't believe in any of this, you know? Right. So I have one more story. If you guys have time for I it, I got time really quick. Go for it. Okay. So my husband's grandmother, um, she lived until she was like 85, 84, 85. Um, she had, a, she had an Alzheimer's for about 20 years before she passed and she lived with my father-in-law and stepmother-in-law uh, in another part of Georgia. Mm-hmm. And for a time, we lived with them as well um, because of what my husband did. Fast forward, my mother-in-law and father-in-law needed me to help take care of her uh, 
for an overnight um, outing that they did. So I was there, and she had a hospital bed. And she was still slightly ambulatory, uh, able to get up and go to the bathroom and stuff by herself. And at night, we had a a camera in her room to watch her because she started doing the falling and stuff. And um, she would be laying perfectly still, almost like she was asleep in a coffin with her hands on her chest. And she had one of those little push walkers with a seat. And I sat there and watched that thing move away from her dresser in bed and back up against it two or three times. (laughs) And then the bed railing, which was metal, the ones that collapse and come back up, Mm -hmm. shaking. But it was not moving. And like a year before she went, she would talk about there was people coming out of her toilet. Oh. <laughs> it's just the weirdest thing to express, but there were people coming for her. Now, do you think it was people that came for her that were moving her things around her room? Or do you think the way you expressed that she was laying there almost like in a coffin, do you think it was momentarily that she was out of her own body? I think a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, there was also a lot of, I call them floaties, a lot of spirits that would float through the property. Mm-hmm. It was a five-acre lot. And um, so there there was a lot of stuff that happened there often. Uh, we just never really super acknowledged it. Huh. And um, I actually posted a couple of pictures to the um, Facebook page. Oh, God, it's been months now. Sure. Uh, of that house. But there's a huge, bright, solid orb <laughs> in two of the pictures. Yeah. Um, but she, uh, yeah, she would talk about people coming out of her bathroom, out of her toilet, out of the shower. But she was more scared of them. And I think maybe she didn't know what that actually was mm-hmm. or who it was. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother used to say before she passed that she saw a woman by the name of Mary. And come to find out, it was actually one of our great, great um, founding family members uh, that founded a a county in Texas. It sounds like this is something that probably runs in your family genetically as far as the sensitivity uh, goes. And each generation kind of almost discovers it uh, on their own. Thank you Possibly. for uh, yeah. Thank you for calling and sharing all of those stories with us tonight. Really do appreciate it, and and stay safe out there. Thank you, you two guys. Love y'all. All right. Good night. Thanks Love so you guys. You Love you too. Uh, phone number six eight two twenty four go six eight two two four four forty six seventy eight. If you want to call in and share your real ghost stories with us live tonight uh, on Facebook. That uh, phone number is only valid while we are doing this live uh, on the air on Facebook. And the phone lines are open right now. So you've been sitting there waiting, going, I want to call in, I want to call in, call in right now. We have five lines. You can call when we're doing stories too. <laughs> and you'll just sit on hold until uh, your uh, your turn comes up in queue. I see lots of comments over there. Yeah, let's go to some of the comments. And if you have any questions you don't want to call in tonight, you just want to uh, ask us something, you can ask us anything on the Facebook uh, questions. want to give a shout-out to a lot of folks who are listening to us. Uh, Jenny, Lewis, Tina, Sylvia, Diana, Stacy. Of course, Stacy's watching. Hi, Stacy. <laughs> uh, Frank, um, let's see here. Who else? Uh, lots of folks. Are you getting more hauntings called in because of the quarantine all around the country, says Lewis? 
Are you getting more calls? I'd say the call level really has stayed about the same. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not to say that people aren't experiencing more things. Sure. Um, I, I think we're we're going to have once some of this is is more calmed down, people reflecting on this period of time. I think we're going to have a series of calls uh, about what is going on right now. I think a lot of people, even though they're stuck in their home, they're still busy. They're working from home. Mm -hmm. They're trying to find things to occupy themselves. They're going outside in their yard. They're walking around their neighborhood. So, you know, maybe they're just not. It's not the same as if it were in the winter where you can't go out. Yeah. You know, and then we're all stuck in, you know, the movie The Shining. (laughs) Sure. Well, what do you think of this, though? I mean, the fact that there is so much nervous energy going on right now, there's a lot of sadness, there's depression, there's so many things that are are just overwhelming a lot of Mm -hmm. us right now. And we know that these things tend to feed off of that. Yeah. Uh, Are we going to see a spike in things because of just how emotionally uh, many of us are, are getting, uh, I, I'm speaking from experience. Yeah. I would say in times like this, more than anything, you're not going to have ass soul ghosts come in and try and mess with you. You're going to have ghosts that are somehow tied to you come in and try and comfort you. And I, I say that from experience, from being in different times with mm-hmm. different family tragedies where, yeah. I had passed on loved ones come in and actually try and comfort me. And I Mm -hmm. could see a lot more of that. Okay. I would think right now that the ass soul ghosts probably are like, there's enough havoc. (laughs) This isn't fun. I'm not going to scare anybody any more than they're already scared. So I think you're going to see a a lot of good souls come back Mm -hmm. to try and help. Which is good. And it's interesting, too, because I think in a lot of times like this, too, I mean, depending how bad things get, people can get pretty nasty and scary. But at the point we're at currently, we're seeing a lot more good than we are seeing bad. We're seeing a Mm -hmm. lot more people reaching out and saying, hey, how can I help? What can I do? Mm -hmm. Um, and, And we're in that phase of things right now. And hopefully we stay in that phase of things right now. Yeah. Um. And maybe, you know, we always talk about how ghosts uh, are, you know, sometimes we assign these superpowers to them. Like, oh, things are totally different on the other side. It's like, no, personalities are kind of the same. Mm -hmm. And maybe exactly what you said, we're going to see more of that. Where it's like, oh, okay, more of the the asshole is getting pulled back and more of the good in people of, okay, we're all in this together. How can we pull through this? Well, and especially some of the generations that have, they're all gone. Yeah, they've been through more things like this Mm -hmm. than any of the other generations that are still with us. You know, I mean, there's very, very few from the World War Two generation that are still around. Sure. Those would be my exception. But I would think, you know, the ones that were were around during the Great Depression, the Dust Bowl, World War One, World War Two, you know, the influenza of 1918, Mm -hmm. all of those, those ancestors are going to probably come back and be like, we're. You know, this is going to be bad, but we're going to get you through it. Yeah. And it'd be interesting to have that perspective, uh, you know, assisting in a time uh, like this. Mm-hmm. Our phone number uh, tonight live. If you want to call in, we are taking live calls. If you're just joining us, I'm trying to point at the screen as to where the number is. It's down here. Oh, that's my class. 
<laughs> it's on the screen. It's right there. Because I'm looking at, I'm, I'm like green, it's not a green screen, but it's on the graphic. Uh, 682-24-GHOST, 682-244-4678. If you want to call in and talk to us live, this is your opportunity uh, to do so. We are taking calls, not just reading the Facebook uh, comments and answering questions tonight. So if you have a, a ghost story, call it in. But we'll do that too. Yeah. You know, if you have questions, we promise not to spend the whole hour talking about Corona. Yeah, we're just answering questions. So anything you want to ask us, feel free to uh, shoot it out there in the comments uh, here on Facebook, and uh, I will do my best to uh, to try and uh, and read it off here. Uh, Angela listened yesterday when Carol and a caller talked about finding pennies. And first thing today at work, I almost stepped on a penny. Yeah. I haven't figured out if coins are good or bad. You know, we've, mm-hmm. heard, we've heard times where coins have fallen and it's been a sign of spirits, but we've also heard about coins being on top of windowsills, you mm-hmm. know, to keep spirits out. I don't know. Is it the material of the coin or is it the significance of the coin? What is that? I don't know. And I, I actually, the other day it was funny. Was it with you and me or was it with me and Carol? You and I had a couple Pennies. of penny, yeah, was yeah, a, yeah, you penny stories yeah. back to back. Yeah, and if you're an EPP, you'll hear that on an advanced episode uh, right now. But there was a couple, it was like back to back. It all just kind of came together yeah. as it always does uh, on the program. Let's go to a caller at uh, 306. What is your name and where are you calling from? My name is Amanda and I'm calling from Regina, Saskatchewan. Well, welcome to the program and how are things in uh, Canada? Uh, locked down. Yeah. yeah. How lo- Okay, how locked down? Because in the U.S., like it's state by state and some are like really lapse and incompetent at it and some are being a hell of a lot more responsible. It really depends where you're at. How locked down is locked down? Can you get takeout or is it just grocery store, can- drugstore only? We can get takeout, but that's about it. All the restaurant dine-ins are closed. Yeah. Uh, we can't gather any more than 10 people yeah. together. Um, so it's pretty, Fairly pretty similar. lockdown. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's how we are in our state right now, too. And really, a lot of the business is taking the initiative even more than the, the government in many cases saying, uh, if you guys aren't going to call this, we're going to call this. So yeah, that's, yeah, they've been more responsible than our local government. Yeah. Well, let's hear a ghost story tonight. What you got for us? Well, I have written in a couple of times and I was on EPP episodes, I'm pretty sure. But uh, I can go back and talk more about my parents' house. Okay. Um, when... When my parents actually started believing me and my sisters about the house being haunted, because they constantly, whenever we would say that stuff was moved around the house, it was the ghost, they would be like, ha, 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 that's funny, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thinking it was just us pulling pranks. Um, well, after my sisters had moved out of the house, I was probably about 16 at the time, my mom barged into my room. It was like 7 o'clock in the morning, 7.30 in the morning. Um, I was getting ready for school. I hadn't even left my room yet. And she was like, why are you screaming? And I looked at her and I was like, mom, if I was screaming, I'm in the room next to you. Don't you think it would be louder than that? What was really happening was someone was screaming downstairs in the basement. Oh. (laughs) 
Yeah, fantastic. I know. It's awesome. And why I was so cavalier about it is because of the fact that I've been dealing with it for so many years that I was just like, whatever. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. (laughs) So that's about the time where they started taking things more seriously. And I'm getting ready to go out the door. And my mom's like, why are all the doors unlocked? And I'm like, well, obviously the ghost did it. I haven't left my room yet. This is the first time I've left the room. I got to get to school. I got to go catch the bus. I left my mom standing in the middle of the living room going, what the hell is going on? (laughs) I left to school. (laughs) When I came home, um, that's when my mom sat me down and was like, okay, you know, how long has this been going on? How, what have you been hearing? I'm like, well, you guys know this, the piano plays downstairs, Mm -hmm. you know, when nobody else is down there, you can hear people walking around upstairs when nobody's home. You can hear people closing doors. The rocking chair in the spare bedroom rocks on its own. You know, like it's, to me, it was everyday stuff, but my parents never noticed it, I guess. Or they, uh, they ended up to. getting a clairvoyant or mm-hmm. I don't even know what she was called in to cleanse the house. And we weren't allowed in the house while this was going on. She didn't want to know any information about it when it was happening. Uh, she went around the whole place with, I don't even know what I'm, it was sage and other stuff. And afterwards, she sat us down and talked to us. And she said, you, and she pointed at me. And I was like, what? And she was like, you need to do something. And I was like, well, what do you mean? She's like, you're too bright. And I was super confused. And she's like, no, your your aura, it's too bright. Mm -hmm. That's why all this stuff is happening is because your aura is too bright. So you're attracting things to you. She also told me I had to do some, it's called closing a mirror, I guess, because the way that my parents' house is set up is all of the closet doors have mirrors on them, like they're the sliding glass doors, which is really creepy when you're sleeping and you wake up and you see crap in the mirrors. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So she went through all this stuff with me and told me that this is what I need to do to close the mirrors and whatever else, and that... I should expect to probably have to go through and cleanse any house that I am living in every six months to a year. Do you think, and needless to say, oh, go ahead. Do do you think it's something that's following you from house to house or is it just your level of sensitivity that no matter where you are, just what is around there is, is just going to be clinging to you like a magnet? It's whatever is around okay. things. Because not, it's not never the same thing. It's not ever the same energy. Yeah. And I've noticed that throughout the years. Mm-hmm. Um, there's specifically in that house, uh, one thing that they couldn't get rid of, no matter how much many times we've staged, cleansed, done anything with the house, there's a little girl spirit there. And she is definitely more of a protector of the house than anything, I feel. Um, I, she was my imaginary friend when I was little quote, unquote. Yeah. <laughs> um, even my nephews were playing with her when they were smaller, my daughter. Don't they Everybody make... who is younger who has seen this person. <laughs> Don't they make the best imaginary friends, though? <laughs> <laughs> they really do. They yeah. really do, because it's not actually an imaginary friend. You're having full-out conversations with another person yeah. that everybody thinks is just all in your head, and it's not. 
and you see them and they see you, know? you and everybody just thinks, oh, wow, you're, this child has an, a very vivid imagination. It's like, no, this is what's real to me. This is what I'm seeing. This is how life is right now. Yeah, exactly. And even to this day, if I go and stay at my parents' house, I have to go in and cleanse their house after I stay there. Because if I don't, they'll have experiences. Let me ask you this. When was it in your life that you realized that the imaginary part of the the imaginary friend was not, I mean, obviously as a child, you knew it wasn't imaginary. You saw it and interacted with it. But as you got older, and people use that term imaginary friend very loosely, when was it that you realized, wait a second here, I, I think this was a ghost were you able, you were, when you were able to identify what it was? When my friends started coming over for sleepovers. Mm-hmm. Because they would also experience stuff. There was a couple of times in high school when friends would come and stay over and they would see this little girl. You know, they'd wake up in the middle of the night and they'd be like, oh, my God, Amanda, Amanda. And I'd look over and I'd be like, no, she's not going to hurt you. Just go back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. And of course, they wouldn't sleep. go back to sleep because <laughs> <laughs> there's a ghost standing over them. Yeah. But again, to me, it's an every, it was an everyday thing. Sure. It was completely normal. Yeah. As you probably know, Jenny had a you know a very similar experience where it was actually on our show early on, where you kind of had the epiphany of what do you mean everybody doesn't see their imaginary friend as vividly as you did? I literally thought up until that point that I just had a regular imaginary friend, and mm-hmm. you know the more I think about it, the more I realize how much he taught me because he was from a different time frame than I was, mm-hmm. you know little girls in the eighties didn't care anything about slingshots or playing jacks or, you know, tire swings. I mean, maybe they like tire swings, but he was the reason I got a tire swing. And it's just, it's funny to me that I never put two and two together. I never thought of him as anything other than just an imaginary friend. Yeah. I wish I knew what episode that was. Yeah. I, it was early. It was in, um, our office in Wichita. So, you know, a, a lot of our listeners, um, a couple of years ago started doing a wiki page for our show mm-hmm. and, and maybe it's documented on there. I don't know, uh, where they were like literally documenting every episode and they were like, you have too many damn episodes. It's just too hard to do Sorry, because I think, I mean, we're, we're well past <laughs> the thousand some mark. We're probably past 2000 episodes now, but, um, but early on they were trying to, to do that. Um, but it'd be interesting. I would love to hear that audio again of just that moment, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and, and I know it's there. It's in the archive. If anyone finds it, if anyone out there listens or knows, because we have some pretty uh, people who are more detailed than far more than I am um, as far as knowing when and where things were said. If anyone knows what episode that was, uh, I'd love to, to know because I'd love to go back and uh, and re-listen, re-listen to that audio yeah. today on an episode. Um, but anyway, thank you so much for sharing your experiences and your stories with us tonight and, uh, stay safe up there. You got a lot of snow on the ground still? No, like none. Oh, good for you. They're doing better than Wisconsin. (laughs) You can go outside. (laughs) You can go outside and enjoy it. All right. Well, you stay safe. Thank you for calling and we do appreciate you listening.
Yeah, thank you, guys. All right, have a great night. All right, uh, I think we'll do one more quick question here on Facebook, and if unless something else pops up, uh, where is the most? Uh, Louis says, "Where is the most haunted places both of you have been together on a vacation?" Together, I don't know about together. I know the most haunted place I've been, mm-hmm. and that was Ellis Island. Okay, yeah, you've talked about that. Yeah, was. But as far as us together, you getting your butt grabbed at the winery. No, I think the Crescent had that beat. Yeah, yeah, the Crescent Hotel. How so? Just the brunch that we had there that one time, or no, just the whole vibe, the, the vibe whole of the, place. the whole time. I was more freaked out by the hotel than I was even doing a live show in person for the first time. Yeah. So that to me was the creepiest. What about you? As far as I guess us together, and you, then you by yourself. You know, uh, together. I guess maybe the most haunted place was the place where you were talking about um, the woman on Mackinac Island, mm-hmm. the uh, the hotel that we stayed at. Mm-hmm. Um, that was probably. I mean, I didn't. I, I'm just not sensitive to the the level that you are, but I could feel something. Yeah. But I couldn't identify the way you did. Um, so that was probably the most haunted. Um, but I, I think just one of the funniest that we have is just when we were, this was way before real ghost stories online when we were doing <laughs> the taste spot, the food blog, uh, we were at a haunted winery in Algoma, Wisconsin called Von Stiel and Jenny was filming me doing a wine tasting and you thought someone had pinched your butt and or I thought, you thought it, was it, Livy. it was Livy. Yeah. Cause Livy was three at the yeah. time. And I thought she came up and she was like hugging the back of my leg. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of swatting at her like, stop, because, you know, she was going to mess with the camera. Yeah. She wasn't there. She was across the room with your mom. So yeah. that was fun. And then at that exact same time, the camera just went nuts. Yeah. And we had all this digital interference. It wasn't that long ago. I was going through that those clips because I just I found them in a folder mm-hmm. somewhere on one of my hard drives. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. It was just the raw footage. It was not what made it to air. And it was the full thing. And it was interesting to watch it because it went nuts for a long time. Now, did you believe me until you saw that? Or no, did, I believed you. Or did you think uh, maybe she just bumped into something? No, I believed you. I believed you right away. I, I just thought it was even more interesting. The footage messed up at that moment in time. Mm-hmm. All the digital interference that kept coming in through the camera. Just even, I mean, it wasn't I ever doubted it. I just thought, well, this just even adds more to your story <laughs> of you'll love this. This is even crazier yeah. than than what you're even saying. And it kind of, I think it almost like validates your story even more to anyone who would have doubts. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, that was an interesting, uh, interesting place. And they have stories of, of all different things in that uh, that building. And once the quarantine is done, I encourage you all to visit there. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Check it out sometime. Uh, I think that'll wrap up our program for this evening. Thank you guys for tuning in tonight to Real Ghost Stories Online. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, we could not do this thing without you. And uh, we will do more of these live episodes in the, uh, the coming weeks, uh, probably at least once on a weekly basis. Uh, to help uh, ease the boredom and uh, try and feel somewhat normal as uh, we go through all this and I th- episode ever. But, but nothing like alcohol and a quarantine to get Jenny to finally sw- sing. Can so, I do Celine you know. Dion? Should I practice Celine? No, but I still want to find the video of you being Whitney Houston at 12 years old because apparently it was epic. epic. Honest, honest to God, I'm going to kill the outro music because I have a story to tell on this. 
Okay. Other night, I had a dream. I think it was after we talked about doing karaoke uh-huh. on the show. So here's the story. When I was in sixth grade, uh, The Bodyguard had just come out. Biggest movie of the time. Huge soundtrack. Whitney Houston, I Will Always Love You, playing on everything. Um, and I, on, on our school bus... Uh, was trying to be kind of a smart ass and shit. And uh, I, I sing, I will always hate you to someone. <laughs> and a friend of mine, uh, Tyson, would hit the bus seat, boom, for the boom, and I. And, mm-hmm. and before my voice changed, um, I swear to God I could hit every damn note of that song. It was scary mm-hmm. how well I could imitate Whitney Houston pre-puberty. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, it got to the point where it became a party favor. Uh-huh. I, I went to uh, some birthday parties. Uh, a friend of mine, Jenny Wettstein was her name. Uh, and they had karaoke at the birthday party. And on stage, I did uh, I Will Always Love You. And then they went into Encore. They wanted me to do other songs from The Bodyguard. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of did the whole soundtrack. Um, and... I know they had a VHS camcorder going at the time. And a handful of years ago, I don't know, probably 10, 15 years ago, I don't know if it was MySpace or Facebook or something, we had reconnected briefly like, oh, hey, we were friends. And she's like, hey, I, I still have that on tape of... You need to get that. I need to reach out to her There's and say... There's a whole world of us that want to see that. Oh, my God. Can you find this VHS tape of me doing I Will Always Love You. I want to see it yet. I think I'll be disturbed to see my (laughs) husband be Whitney Houston. Anyway, back to the dream. Okay. The other night, I, I, whatever reason, I dreamt we were practicing karaoke. Uh Uh-huh. And I could hit every damn note again. Now, I could not do that since, you know, puberty. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which is probably a good thing. But it was amazing in my dream. I was like, holy shit, I'm hitting everything. This is Mm -hmm. awesome. I can do this song again. Um, But it was kind of scary at the same time. Yeah. That's a nightmare in itself. Yeah, we'll have to figure out some songs. I can can do some fun things with my voice. I can do a pretty good share. Yeah, this will be fun. And... uh, to the point where the kids are totally embarrassed and run and hide. So that's that's worth it right there. Can we do Peter Cetera and Cher? Uh, what was it? Uh, After All? Was that? If uh, we practice that song. Yeah, we'll have to do a little practicing this weekend. Version of Kenny G or the song from Titanic. It'll be better than <laughs> Kenny that. Kenny G karaoke. I just love that concept. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to a karaoke bar someday and request and just do Kenny G. Here's like... Nobody wants that. People will be like, what the fuck? (laughs) Anyway, let's close the show out. That wraps up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like us, become an extra podcast person, an EPP, go to ghostpodcast.com. Keep us on the air or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. I know times are tight right now. Your five bucks a month is what allows us to do this thing and keeps our show going. So please, if you can support the show, please do so. We're going to give you as many extras as we possibly can to make it worth your while. Until next time, for Jenny, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. We expect a lot from our homes. They're more than a place to hang your hat. They're where you try your hand at gardening and new recipes, rest and recharge, work and play. And that's why at HomeAdvisor, we're committed to keeping your home up and running. Whether you need to repair an overloaded appliance or you're looking to create a backyard retreat worthy of a summer staycation, 
Use the Home Advisor app, day or night, and we'll find a local pro to get the job done right. Whatever you need, we'll do everything to fix your everything. Download the Home Advisor app today to get started.